We're on. Hi. Hey, what's up? Hey. How's it going? Good. 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 Yeah. Busy day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Slept until noon. Mm. And then um, I did a lot of laundry. Mm. And vacuum. Yeah, went to Walmart. Daylight savings today. Yep. Now I'm painting my nails. So okay, well. What did we just talked about this? Who was Cannibals. recording? No, who's oh. recording? <laughs> or I'm sorry, who's going first? Um, um I don't know. I think okay. you went first last time. We're uh, very okay. professional. Yeah, and we just talked about this, and I already forgot. No, I mean I think I went it. first last time. Oh, okay. but you go first, so I okay. can paint my nails and listen. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, what I have first Wait. is. The theme this week, for those of you who don't know, is murders that were made into movies. Oh, yeah. But I guess mine's the exception because... um, God! I know. I ruined it. But uh, it was only in American Horror Story. That's okay. uh, Yeah. So our main character was in American Horror Story, played by Kathy Bates. Woo! And it was in the Coven. Kathy! Um, yeah, she's badass in that show, by the way. I just want to so. say Coven is... I say that wor- weird word, Coven. I thought it was Coven. I think it is. Oh. I just say it weird. Um, that was my favorite season. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know which one was mine. I also really liked um, Roanoke. Ron- yeah, that one was good. Which one was a Hotel with... Uh, Lady Gaga, right? Well, she's in the sixth season, too. Oh, she was in Roanoke also, right? Yeah. Yeah. But she was barely in Roanoke. Um, she played this badass witch thing, and y- I was feeling it. Yeah, but her parts weren't, like, as much as Hotel. Yeah. 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 Correct. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll go back. Um, so, yeah, mine was just in American Horror Story. And the main character was only played by Kathy Bates. So we, um, and this idea was given by my friend Nick Palmer, which is his birthday. So happy birthday today. Hey, Nick. Hey. What's up, brah? Actually, I just got off the phone with him. but <laughs> So anyways, and he's waiting for this episode. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, yeah. Our only listener. Thanks, bud. You're all right. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, the mine is her name is Madame Marie Delphine Lalari. And she's a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. She, oh, it was kind of, it was sick. It was interesting. I had no idea about it, honestly, until Nick uh, brought it up to me, though. So it's cool to learn new things as well. Um. Not until her third marriage, though, did she become Lolari. She was born on March 8th, or I'm sorry, March 19th, 1787. Um, She was one of five siblings. Uh, Her parents were from Ireland. Represent. They moved to New Orleans, Creole, and she was a New Orleans Creole socialite and serial killer. Uh, she was known for torturing and murdering slaves in her household. Um, she was twice widowed. Uh, 
she her first marriage was in you gonna say something no nope. oh her first marriage was april 10th 18 oh whoa, whoa. i messed that up <laughs> she was the the fire that actually got her caught was in april 10th 1834 um and it was at her house but we'll we'll circle back on that later mm-hmm. so her first marriage was june 11th 1800 uh, it was to Don Ramon de Lope- Lopez e mm-hmm. Angulo. Angulo? I yeah. can't help you, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he was a high-ranking Spanish royal officer, and he died in 1804. Didn't say, so I have no idea how these Didn't two... Didn't say how? Yeah. Mm. I don't know how these first two died. Suspicious. Um, June 1808, uh, she was married to Jean Blanc. Mm. He was a banker, banker, merchant, lawyer, and legislator. Oh, wow. Uh, Delphine had children with John, Jean, and he died in 1816. Now she marries her third husband, Leonard Louis Nicholas Lamari, and he is a physician. Um, so obviously she came from money, I would assume, from them to, be com- to um, come from Ireland over to the United States. Um, at that time period. Yeah. And then she's marrying all these, like a physician. Maybe she puts out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and um, so she's, <gasps> oh, it happened again. Oh my that God. stupid light, it turns on and off no, randomly. No, it's the ghost. You think so? Yes. But I don't hear the switch. It's still the ghost. Oh. It does it all the time. I'm scared. I'm gonna try yeah. to turn it on. Okay. Hopefully You're gonna turn I it don't on. Get killed. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep talking about this. Okay. So she's known for the tur- torture and murder of slaves, leading to the fire. Oh. I think it's dead. Now the light just doesn't turn on. It died. It died. Yeah. This is the one we. That powers our kitchen or our uh, dinner table light. Now and the ceilings the are conveniently seven feet or seventeen feet high. Yeah. So it's not like we can just change the light bulb. Yeah, I have to climb our brick wall. We should start then. a separate podcast about um, the inconveniences of this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on all day about it and yeah. the bad carpentry. Yeah. So. Anyway, anyway. Lori. So she's known for uh, the torture and murder of slaves, leading to the fire. Um, she maintained several black slaves in slave quarters of the mansion. The slave quarters were attached to the mansion, and um, the accounts of slaves were from 1831 to 1834. Uh, a woman named Harriet Martineau. Tubman. A, no, no, you're separate. <laughs> uh, a theorist and writer had claimed New Orleans residents uh, that claimed New Orleans residents that LaLaurie's slaves were observed to be singularly haggard and wretched. Mm. In public a- appearances, LaLaurie appeared to be polite to other slaves. So she was putting on a front, mm. you know, um, lying little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> a lawyer was dispatched to LaLaurie's mansion to remind her for the upkeep of the slaves. Uh, during the visit, the lawyer found no evidence of the wrongdoing or mistreatment of the slaves by LaLaurie. So you would think since she's oh sorry go ahead. Uh, I was just going going to say that uh, this lawyer is apparently not doing a good job of investigating. Um, 
because things were going on at this time uh, in that house. Or she just did a really, really good job of cleaning up before or and she knew he was coming. she slid him some shillings. Or she showed him his, her boobs. Ew. Kathy Bates boobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I pictured. Mm. I'm surprised that she, like, let them look all haggard and stuff, considering she was, like, you know, high status. Figured she would, like, want all of her um, workers to be. Yeah, but do you know what she did to the slaves yet? Yeah, I know. Oh. Oh. But Okay, anyway. I mean, it's kind of hard to make them look like that if. Right. She's doing all this horrible stuff to him. Yeah. Uh, so, and so right before this lawyer um, visited LaLaurie's mansion um, for this investigation, 12-year-old Lia or Leah uh, fell to her death from the roof. No. Um, this was reported by a neighbor, and she was trying to avoid punishment from wh- uh, a whip by LaLaurie. Apparently, Jesus. apparently Leah or it's Leah. Either one. Is it, it L I L A? It's it's L I A, but then it would say oh. in parentheses L E A H. So mm. it's it's either so or. Leah. Yeah, we'll just say Leah. Um, she was brushing her hair, brushing uh, Lori's ha- hair, mm-hmm. and it got caught like on a knot, and then so then that led Lori to get pissed and try to whip her well maybe this bitch should have a not nasty ass hair yeah yeah no shit and um so the body of this this poor little girl was uh buried on the mansion grounds and lalari was actually only fined 300 dollars for this it says only uh, like they say only 300 dollars, but 300 dollars was actually probably a lot back yeah. then um not enough yeah but yeah right uh, so like I said, there was an investigation, um, and she was, she was, they, they didn't think that anything was going on. Oh, uh, did forget about this. So apparently they suspected things were going on and she had to forfeit nine of her slaves, but then they were brought back by an intermediary, intermediary, inter- yeah, relative. So, mm. so like, somehow they got forfeited to another relative, and then they just brought them back there. Huh. Uh, the fire, so this is what I was talking about earlier. This is what kind of led to her being caught, except she never was caught, uh, like, actually committed or, um, uh, like, arrested for her crimes or anything. Mm. Because so, and we'll we'll I guess we'll explain that later. So the fire started in the kitchen on April tenth, eighteen thirty four. The cook was chained to the stove by her ankle, and she was seventy years what? old. What? Yeah, she claimed to have set the fire in an attempt to commit suicide because she feared being punished. And the cook said that the slaves who were taken to the uppermost mansion. Uh, or uppermost room in the mansion never came back. Oh my God! Yeah. Bystander, bystanders attempted to enter the slaves' quarter, slave quarters to ensure all that had been evacuated from the fire, but Lalaurie's refused to give up the keys. 
They just ended up breaking down the door to find seven slaves mutilated, suspended by their neck, with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one limb to another. Ah. And, and these are all kind of like stories that have been, you know, reported um, by those firemen that were on that call. Yeah. Uh, one woman was found with a deep wound on the on her head and was too weak and um, not able to walk. Oh. Uh, bodies were found buried under the flooring. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, let's see. Then there was, uh, so there's versions of the story that, uh, or the stories that came out later. Um, from those those people on that call, and they finally came up and talked about it. And some slaves were bound in restrictive postures, showed signs of being whipped, emaciated, and wore spike collars, uh, which kept their heads in a static position. Mm. So they were just stuck straight up. Oh, that would be so bad. Uh, when the found the town found out about Lalori. Um, and what they were doing, local residences started attacking the Lari mansion. Uh, they destroyed anything they could lay their hands on. Nothing remained but the walls. The slaves were taken to the local wow. jail, jail uh, where they were available for public viewing because of how they were, their condition. Yeah. Which, I don't know. That's disgusting. Kind of redundant. I mean, yeah. I know. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I thought the same thing because... I mean, they've already had to endure this, and then... You're making a show of... Yeah, of these poor people. Um, and then, so only two slaves had uh, died only a few weeks after the rescue. Uh, when digging around the yard, bodies were uncovered, um, such as a child as well. Um, so the the thing about Lolori, so she when the fire erupted, she just fled. They think that she went from Mobile, Alabama, and then took uh, a ship across the pond to Paris. Uh, that's what they believe. They don't know. They never found her. They know, They have no idea where she was. What? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. So, ever, oh, until she died. So unsatisfying. Yeah. So, it's unclear of how she died, but rumors say that she died in a boar hunting accident. So ah. I wonder if somebody shot her or the boar just killed her itself. Um, so, but yeah, they say that she died on December 7th, 1849 at the age of 62. Uh, the mansion still stands today, obviously rebuilt. Um, it's on 1140 Royal Street uh, and it's three stories high in New Orleans. You know, I've been to New Orleans like three times mm -hmm. and I wonder if I I'm sure I've seen it without realizing what it was I was wondering that because I knew you've been there so I was wondering if you had seen it or knew about it but I guess not maybe um all, well is it in a uh, the French Quarter yeah well all the buildings there look exactly the uh, same so it's kind of hard I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I probably have walked by it. Oh, that's crazy. Because we spent, we spent, the first time I went there, we were there for a week. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet, yeah. So we looked at everything. I bet you did. That's crazy. 
So, so yeah. Yeah, so. I probably did. Hmm. It's wild. Small world. So, April 2007, um, actor Nicolas Cage apparently bought the mansion for $3.45 million. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's from New Orleans. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there you go. So, but to protect his name, the documents were arranged in such a way that Cage's name actually didn't appear on them. He probably bought a company and or something and yeah. had that company buy it. And it, it was apparently to protect his name. But then he uh, apparently had a bankruptcy uh, or he filed bankruptcy or something. Probably. And he lost the house. So then Regions Financial Corporation um, owned the house and then they sold it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Regions bought the house for 2.3 million but it was sold by some other bank whatever oh. Nicholas Cage's bank had um, uh, oh sorry what's that nope oh okay you sure <laughs> yeah positive yep okay some more details Mom. came out after 1945 about the discovery from the fire uh, from people who were who had ref- Responded to the fire, they reported the slaves were, uh, well, like I said, so they were bound to the wall um, by chains. Their eyes were gouged out. Fingernails were pulled off by the roots, and others had <coughs> joints skin, skinned and festering. <laughs> uh, so apparently, some had holes in their buttocks <coughs> where the flesh had been sliced <coughs> away. And that's our dog barking. Uh, ears were hanging by shreds. Skin peeled off in a circular pattern. What that the hell is I wrong with this woman? Yeah, that one. So skin peeled off in a circular pattern. That makes it sound like it was some kind of like meat slicer or something. <laughs> Do you think? I don't know. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm just wondering what that would mean exactly. Um, You said it was on Royal Street. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember it because there is a. Um, so in New Orleans, there's like this thing about a blue dog. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but there was a, um, I just remember seeing a blue dog everywhere. <clears throat> and there was a blue dog, um, like, art exhibit on the bottom floor of this mansion. And I remember walking by it huh. multiple times and being like, no, it's the blue dog again. Huh. But it was there at that mansion. Mm-hmm. That's yep. crazy. Now you know. Yep. Except we still have the mystery of the what the blue dog is. Uh. There's a lot of the furry face of New Orleans. Huh. That's what it's called. There's a lot of weirdness that goes on in that city. So yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, his art gallery, the the uh, artist is George Rodriguez, hmm. and um, his gallery is in the bottom floor of it. Hmm. Oh well, there you go. Yep. All right. Sorry. Uh, Sidebar. No, it's fine. So, next, uh, some of their bones were broken, and they were reset in odd ways, so they looked like human crabs. What the hell? Yeah. Some lips were sewn together, and um, these were all apparently published in a book um, that it's called Journey into the Darkness, Ghosts and Vampires of New Orleans in Mm -hmm. 1998 by Kalila Catherine Smith. So, if you wanted to read that. Um, but she, she recovered a lot of these facts and put them in her book. 
Hmm. Nice. Um, so they think, um, oh, so they there's speculation of why she did it, if she just did it because she enjoyed it or because there so i think so her last husband he was a physician so they think that he could have possibly been or they them they could have possibly been using these people for scientific research that's because they didn't that i mean it wasn't available back then you know like they didn't know Mm. i i'm not saying it's okay right i'm just Spec. It was a. It's a speculation. That makes my tummy hurt. Yeah, but it also makes sense. I mean, he was a. You know. Yeah. Like there, there's a chance, but. Well. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. What was the address of? Uh, eleven forty. Oh. Street. No, just kidding. His art studio is seven thirty. Oh. Well. But I've definitely been near it. Oh. That's for huh. sure. Well. Yep, that's her. She's an evil Biatch. Biatch. Batch. Biatch? But yeah, um, you know, it's sick. Gross. Yeah, that's it's pretty messed Those up. Those poor people. Yeah. Those poor innocent people. Oh, here it is. Yeah. It's right down the street from the the art gallery. Yeah, so here I'll show you. People listening, you have no idea what I'm showing him, but so see the yellow dog in the f- window? Yeah. And then the mansion's right there. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah, right across the street. I think to the that's left. it. That looks like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, no, it's right here. Oh. The, the brown one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Out brown. yonder. Yeah. yeah. Definitely have seen it. In, li- in real life, didn't know what it was. Huh. My bad. Well, now you know. <sighs> yeah. Interesting. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. I hope. The um, the weapon that was used to kill the boar hit her in um, an area that didn't immediately kill her, so she was experiencing pain before she yeah, died. Well, that yeah, they don't know if that's for sure though. I like, that's hope it just is. that's speculation also because she fled. They never caught her, so they don't know. Mm. They have no idea. But yeah, that's my story. Good job. Yeah. Nice. It's gross. Kathy Bates, why did you do this? <laughs> well, let's. I like the um in the show how Angela Bassett, um, who plays Marie Laveau, she like buried her underground mm-hmm. for like hundreds of years. And Kathy, ba- have you seen it? Yeah. Coven? Kathy Bates was alive. Like she, um, Marie Laveau. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I <laughs> Your face just got oh, so excited. I didn't. She put the spell on her. That's right. And then she like dug her up, and she was underground for. Oh, I didn't realize that was. That her was character. her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot. It's yeah. been so long. Oh, yeah. but I do remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that was. I'm taking a drink of water. That is such a good show. Um. Yeah, I meant. I, I should probably go back and rewatch all those. Ah! I dropped the cap. Mm. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. Um. Okay, you ready to hear about mine? Yeah. I don't even know who you're doing. And Brandon. Go ahead. Brandon. What? Brandon. What? Have you ever heard of Norman Bates from the movie Psycho? Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're doing that one? Have you ever heard uh. of Buffalo Bill? Uh, <laughs> what about Buffalo Bob? 
Have you ever heard of Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Wait, are you doing multiple? Have you ever heard of Leatherface? Yeah. Well, all of these characters were inspired by none other than Edward Gein. Oh, so there's one person that inspired all these stories. Yes. So I saw on Netflix this morning, I was browsing. And there's a new documentary or something like that called, like, The Real Story of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I think I saw that, yeah. Oh, you did? Uh, no, I mean, I, I saw oh. the... Yeah, I want to watch it. I didn't watch it, but I saw because it. Because Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so I remember I was... When that movie came out, and I had a buddy come over, and we watched it, and it scared the living shit out of me. And I did not sleep that whole entire night, <laughs> because... I was just scared. Uh, I mean, I was young, but yeah. Well, how do you feel knowing that um, some of those things actually happened? Uh, that's what scared me because my dad was like, oh, yeah, this is a true story. <laughs> well, based off of. Okay, yeah, so right. Ed Gein, he's one messed up dude. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so his parents, because, you know, every horrible serial killer starts from a terrible home life. Um, his dad had a rough life growing up. So at the age of three, his dad was orphaned um, because his parents and sibling um, were killed in a flash flood. So he was raised by his grandparents and became an alcoholic. But things changed when he met Augusta, a woman who was very, very religious, very Lutheran. Um, they got married despite being complete opposites. And uh, like every married couple became miserable but despite their misery and disdain for one another um which often led to physical abuse uh, they gave birth to a boy named henry on january 17th 1902 um but unfortunately augusta didn't really like henry she never bonded with henry um and she didn't care for him much as she said so she wanted another kid um she wanted to redo what yeah I don't want one kid, so I'm just going to have another one. Like yeah. That's going to make it better. Yeah, so she became pregnant again um, a few years later and prayed every night for a girl. She wanted a girl. Um, however, on October 27th, 1906, in Lacoste County, Wisconsin, Edward Theodore Gein was born. Oh, this fucker. A boy. There are rumors that she dressed him up as a girl as a kid, but I didn't hear anything about those or read anything mm. or listen to anything. I got all this from a video on YouTube. Oh, well, um, would that be... Didn't he do some weird stuff like that in Psycho? It's mm, been so long I don't since remember. I've seen that. I go off of Bates Motel. Oh, okay. Because same... Yeah. Um, okay, so when Ed was young... His family moved um, to a remote farm outside of Plainfield, Wisconsin. Um, and Augusta never let her two sons go anywhere um, because she hated everyone. Um, they only left the farm to go to school and come back. That was it. Um, and they didn't fit in at school. They um, didn't have any friends anytime they started to make friends Augusta was like uh no you can't have friends why would you want to associate yourself with these immoral town folk <laughs> um so they didn't 
him and Henry never had any friends. And Ed was uh, continuously bullied at school um, for his feminine nature, and he had a, a slouchy eye. Yeah. Uh, people made fun of. Um, then he'd get bullied at school, come home, and receive regular beatings from his alcoholic father. Um, then was ranted to um, about morals and religion. Carrie, 1976 movie style, by his mother. Um, so later on, so obviously didn't have a fun childhood. Later on, yeah. Ed's father died of heart failure, which apparently no one cared about because it said they buried him. No one grieved. They were like, eh, whatever. Um, he was an alcoholic and he beat his kids. So yeah, they were glad to be rid of him, yeah. it said, when he died because they were taking care of him for a few years up until his death. Hmm. So... Um, then World War II was happening. Um, Ed couldn't fight because of his droopy eye, and his brother was too old, so um, a lot of people left you know, to go fight in the war, right. leaving a lot of odd jobs around town for them to do, which was kind of beneficial for them. Um, so they would do like you know, a lot of manual labor, and yeah. Ed started babysitting for a lot of families around town mm -hmm. because people liked him. You know, He was a likable young man. Um, he was kind of like an oddball. He was really goofy. And they liked him and his brother. Um, so then uh, one day, Henry talked to Ed, and he was like, hey, you're like way too close to our mom, and it's really freaking me out. And Ed was like, what? She's a, she's a saint on this earth. Of course I'm close with her. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. And Henry was like, mm, that's kind of weird. So, this really hurt Ed's feelings. Like, he was like, I don't understand why Henry's so upset about relationship with my mom. I just have sexual fantasies about her. It's not that weird. Um, so, <laughs> that didn't happen. I'm speculating. Oh. Um, so, soon after this conversation, <coughs> in 1944, Henry died suddenly and unexpectedly at the age of 43. Mm. Yeah. So... Ed reported that the two were burning dry grass in a field together when the flames got out of control and he lost sight of Henry. So he ran and got the police in town to help him find Henry. And when the police arrived, Ed led them straight to Henry's body like he had known where it was the entire time. Um, and the body was laying face down with no burns and bruising on the head. Oh, and although this was coincidence, yeah, although this was extremely suspicious, uh, the police ruled that the official cause of death was death was asphyxia. Oh my God, asphyxiation due to smoke inhalation, then falling down and hitting his head. That's fucking ridiculous. Because that happens. Or your brother murders you, Cain and Abel yeah. style. Um. And it was believed that Henry was Ed's first victim. Man, his own brother. Um. Yeah. So all for the love of his mother. So when Henry died, also there was no grief shown by Augusta or Ed. They uh. were kind of glad to be rid of him, which led Augusta all to Ed's self. No, 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 no. What? Oh. I need another drink of water. Oh. My mouth is dry. I thought, I thought this was going to lead into a sexual relationship. Mm-mm. Oh, oh okay. Just an <coughs> unhealthy attachment. Oh, okay. Um, So soon after... Uh, Henry's death, um, Augusta suffered from a massive stroke and became bedridden. So Ed catered to her every need and acted as her live-in nurse. 
I mean, he was in his early 40s living there with his mom taking yeah. care of her. Oh, which is psycho. Kind of. Because uh, he's taking care of his mom, right? Well, in Psycho, he's like kind of in love with his mom. Oh, I thought he took care of her. He too. might. I don't know. It's been a very long time yeah. since I've seen Well, that. I know they like run the, hot- the motel together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they have like a weird... Yeah. 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 All right. So um, he literally nursed her back to health. Like she couldn't move. She couldn't walk. He got her healthy enough to where she could like get up and take care of herself again. Mm. So... One day they went to, um, oh, and also she had shown no appreciation towards Ed for nursing her back to health. Like, she didn't say thank you. She didn't care. Um, So one day they go together to pick up straw at another farm. And um, (coughs) Augusta sees a woman who she believes is a huge harlot and gets so offended by seeing this harlot woman that she suffers from another massive stroke. Oh, man. Imagine being so bothered by someone else's life that you have a stroke. Yeah, no kidding. I wish that would happen more often, actually. Um, what? Because then stupid people wouldn't be here. Uh, um, uh, but this time, after the stroke, she didn't survive. Yeah. And on December 29th, 1945, at the age of 67, Augusta Gein died. Hmm. So after his mother's death, um, obviously Ed was destroyed. They said he couldn't stop crying at his funeral, at her funeral. Um, but townspeople of Plainfield said that nothing, you know, a while after she died, nothing about Ed really seemed any different than how he was before. I mean, he was like, obviously like a little rough, but he wasn't. Like, he was the same oddball he had always been. Right, right. Um, He was still the likable man he was before. But some women said that his presence made them feel a little uneasy. It was probably that droopy eye. Um, But what they were seeing while he was in town was a lot different than what was going on at his house. So, at the farm, Ed had boarded up windows and rooms that were frequently used by his mother. And the rest of the house fell to complete filth. Ew. Yeah. He so every room, his mom's bedroom, yeah. the parlor, the upstairs, everything that his mom used a lot, yeah. he boarded it up. So well, I'll talk about it later, but when the police found it and mm. like ripped the boards off, yeah. The rooms were in complete pristine like condition. Because Nothing had been touched. Yeah. All his mom's stuff was like perfectly Oh, right. and his mom kept the house in immaculate condition. That's, I don't know why, that just gave me the chills to know, like, uh Years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, just, yeah. Nothing had been touched. It was all perfect. Yeah. Because he wanted to keep it the way his mom had left it. Yeah. Um, but every part that he lived in, which was basically, like, the kitchen and, like, a downstairs bedroom, was complete filth. Um, so as years passed, Ed Gein was rarely seen in town, and he only left... His farm um, to do, like, an odd job here and there mm-hmm. for some money and to get some supplies that he needed, like, food and stuff. Um, however, he was often seen at a local tavern near his house. It was only, like, seven miles from his farm. Um, and speculation was that um, the reason he went there so often was because the owner 
made a striking resemblance to his mother. Oh, that is mm. weird. Yeah. So one day in May of 1947, an eight-year-old girl named Georgia Wexler went missing after she was dropped off near her home by a neighbor. Is is that the is this another random person or is this the owner of the bar? Um, yes, an eight-year-old girl named Georgia Wexler oh, had and owned a bar. I I missed the eight. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. And the police never figured out who had taken her, um, but obviously later on speculation was that it was Ed Gein, although that still has never been proven. Um, but over the next five years, four more people, both men and women, went missing. Um, one of the people who went missing was Mary Hogan, the owner of the tavern that Ed frequented. Mm-hmm. I just hit my chin on the microphone. Um, the police had no idea what happened to Mary. They said that people walked into her tavern, and there was like blood all over the floor, and her body was nowhere to be found. So... Um, and on the rare occasion that Ed Gein did go into town, he would tell people, Mary's not missing. She was down on the farm, or she's down on the farm now. So everyone was like, oh, Ed, you little freak. <laughs> you just, you're just making a sick joke. Although he wasn't. Yeah. So teenagers in town started saying that they would pay Ed visits on the farm. And they saw shrunken heads through the window. And his house, um, which Ed claims were sent from his cousin who fought in the Philippines. So, you know, all the teenagers are, you know, knowing him now as this crazy old man with shrunken heads in his house. Yeah, shrunken heads. Yeah, and he's gaining this reputation of being the crazy old man. Um, So, all right, so there's this event that happened in the town of Plainfield, Wisconsin, where basically all the men would go on a nine-day hunting trip, which sounds like my hometown, mm-hmm. and they would just hunt deer for nine days straight. So, um, Ed obviously didn't go because he was, like, older at this point. Um, like, in his 50s. Yeah. So, he knew that there would be a lot of women alone this time. So, in November of 1957, um, he walked into a hardware store that was owned in ran by a widow named Bernice Warden. Um, I think he initially went in there to buy something, mm-hmm. saw she was alone, came back later with a rifle because he said that he wanted to trade it in. Yeah. Um, but ended up shooting and killing her wow. with the rifle. And then when her son later like came into the shop to see her, there was just blood there on the floor. and She was gone. Yeah, they couldn't oh. find her anywhere. Uh um, and apparently the son automatically, when the police came, he was like, Ed Gein did it. Oh, really? So people knew him as like a weird old yeah. crazy man. Already, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but apparently he didn't plan this murder too well because he was found and arrested like later that day for oh. the murder. Like he killed her in the morning, supper time, they had him oh, in well. handcuffs. Oh. Um, and when police had him in custody, they went to his farm to find evidence. And this is where it gets sick. I'm ready. So, when police went to his filth house, the first thing they saw was an animal hanging by its feet from the ceiling. It had been cut open from one end to the other and had no head. Um, but when they examined it closer, they realized it wasn't an animal. It was the no. body of Bernice no. Warden, no. the owner 
of the hardware store. Oh, oh man. That he had just killed what that morning. Heck? Yep. Um, they found harmless oddities like a tin full of chewed up gum and sets of dentures on shelves like little trinkets. And then they found worse things. Oh, my Apart God. from the slain body hanging from the ceiling. Um, all right. <coughs> I have a large paragraph here of all the things that they found. Are you ready? Y- yeah. Things they found in his house included bowls made of sawed off tops of human skulls laying around. Oh, my God. And used as bedpost embellishments. What? Four chairs covered in strips of human flesh. Um, lampshades, waste buckets, and other artifacts made from human skin. Oh. A belt made out of female nipples. What? What? A window shade pool made from, um, you know, like the little yeah, yeah. pool you use to pull down the shade. Right. Made from a woman's lips. Um, a box full of female genitalia. A box containing four noses. Another box filled with scraps of human head skin. Several articles of clothing made from human parts, including a pair of leggings made from a female's legs. <laughs> Leggings made from legs. Um, a waistcoat made from the upper torso of a warman, woman's body. Oh, my God. Titties and all. Um, so it was basically from the shoulders to the yeah. waist right. of a woman's body that you wear like an apron. Oh, my, what? Um, several masks made from the facial skin of nine women, some with the hair still on and lipstick on the oh lips. Oh, my God. A paper bag containing a human flesh mask of Mary Hogan. The owner of the tavern. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. A bag containing the heart of Bernice Warden. The entrails of Bernice Warden wrapped in newspaper. And a feed sack containing Bernice Warden's head. And when her head was found, it was still steaming. What? Yeah. So that means it wasn't that, like... He had just killed her. Yeah, right. Um, there were so many body parts throughout the house that it was difficult to determine how many victims there actually were. Um, and the police removed the board. This is what I was talking about earlier. And the police removed the boards from the rooms that Ed had sealed off. Yeah. Everything was in pristine condition. Um, which just shows how like obsessed he was with his mother and keeping things the way she wanted them to be. Yeah. Um. And have you seen that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the one that came out in like, oh, three? Yes, I did see it, but I don't remember it. Oh, I was thinking they had some of this stuff you just explained, like. They have like the face masks. Yeah, the face masks and I think like some things in the jars and stuff. Yeah. Like some of that in the lampshades, Mm -hmm. like some of that reminded me of that movie. Yeah. So like putting the pieces together. Well, it happened. Although the um the bedpost embellishments with the skulls, yeah. that's kind of badass. I feel like that's what, what the devil would have on his oh. bed. <laughs> um. So a few days after having Ed in custody, they like one policeman like bashed his head up against the wall or something because he got so mad at him because mm-hmm. he would just sit there and not say anything. Um. He finally confessed to the murder of Bernice Warden. And when he was questioned about all the body parts in the house. Ed said that over the past five years, he had visited the local graveyard almost every night where he would um, he would dig up freshly buried caskets, remove the bodies, then rebury the caskets. What? 
Yeah. Oh, is this where he got some of his other stuff? Is where he got most of his oh, stuff. Yeah. Okay. So like he didn't kill a person and then have he them, like, some of them were already dead. People. Well, I'll explain that in a minute. It's still um, sick. I'm not justifying it. Yeah. Just, okay. So he would keep an eye on the obituaries in the paper, specifically for middle-aged women. Um, wait until they were you know buried that day. Go that night. Dig up their graves. Usually taking the body parts that he wanted. Um, which was often the genitals and the head, then rebury the casket. And the titties for the belt. Uh, yeah, f- I think yeah. there was like four or five nipples on this. Oh, man. Um, like, so instead well of a studded I belt, he had a... Okay, so what I picture is like a belt made completely of nipples. Yeah. Sorry, I just moved this entire table with <coughs> my knee. But I think I saw a picture. I think it showed a picture, and it was like a leather string, you know, that would like yeah. go through your belt loops. And there was like... The part of the boob, palm size, with the nipple. Oh. There was like four of them. What? Yeah. Huh. But I don't know if that was the actual picture or just yeah, like... Yeah, I'm trying to look at some of the stuff here. Yeah. And apparently like um, like press would sneak into his house and take like pictures of everything. Yeah. So that's why there's so many f- evidence photos like right. out. Um. But uh, he later admitted to wearing the human flesh masks and the female waistcoat with the boobs. Yeah, that was... I, um, I know the flesh masks were in that te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah, he... I remember it. Yeah, he admitted to the police that he wore the flesh masks and the female waistcoat around the house. And there's rumors that he um, would wear them and, like, pretend he was his mom. Why does somebody... That reminds me of something else, too, but... Oh, that's weird. I don't know. Um, So, townspeople were like, we don't believe that this little scrawny man could dig up all of these graves and, like, you know, put the... You know, open it up, put the dirt back on. Like, he's a scrawny little thing. And overnight. Yeah. And Ed was like, oh, yeah? Well, here's a list of all the graves that I dug up, and you can go check yourself. Oh, really? Yeah, did, so he that. gave the police a, an entire list of all the graves that he oh my gosh. had dug up. And um, so the town decided to dig up two graves. They were going to exhume two graves that he had named um, to see if he was telling the truth. One of the graves, graves was right next to his mom and dad's what? tombstone. Yeah. Um, and when they... Dug them up, they found, and one, the body was missing, and then in another, there were body parts missing. So one, he just took the whole body, mm-hmm. and the other one, he just took body what parts. What he wanted, yeah. yeah. Um, so police questioned Gein on the manner of why he dug up all these bodies, basically like, are you having sex with these dead bodies? Um, and he denied that he had um, ever had any type of sexual encounter with any of the bodies because, quote, they smelled too bad. <laughs> so That's at least, yeah, at least he's not, he's messed up. He's not having sex with smelly dead bodies messed up. It's still, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, in fact, he reported that he had never had any type of sexual relationship with anyone ever. Oh. That's part Probably of Probably because his mother told him all the time that it was immoral. He, he had a lot of tension building and up. And that droopy eye kind of freaked women out. <laughs> So Gein, they didn't want that staring at him in, in their face. Yeah, apparently he would stare at them with his that eye, and it would freak them out. Uh. Um, 
So Gein was found criminally insane and sent to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane. Um, and it was there that they found that he had a schizophrenic personality with neurotic manifestations, obviously. Um, when townspeople found out about him, him being considered insane, mm -hmm. they got super pissed because they were like, we've known him his entire life. He's not insane. He, if anything, is just like a goofy, like oddball. He's not, yeah. he's not insane. Um, and if he's ruled insane, he'll escape this punishment that he deserves. Yeah. So he was sent back to court per the townspeople but was found too insane to stand trial again, so he was readmitted to the same hospital. Um, what the hell? Yeah. So on March 20th, 1958, Gein's farm was set on fire and burned to the ground. Um, it went on auction, because obviously there was yeah. no one left in the family for it to go to, so it went on auction, and it was burned down to the ground. Um, and the police were like, eh. It was probably arson, but we don't really care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So this guy who owned a freak show, um, or not a freak show, a uh, like a oddities. Oh, what the heck was his name? Bunny. Bunny something. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. But he bought Ed Gein's truck and put it on display. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and charge people 25 cents to look at it. Just his truck. There wasn't anything in it, though, was there? Mm, no, just his truck. And I think... He could have bought any old truck and said, hey, this was Ed Gein's. Yeah. Um, I think the money made off of it, $300 or something like that, or the money made from the auction, I can't remember, $300 was set aside for Gein's funeral, mm -hmm. and the rest... Um, think they gave it to the families of the victims or something like that i can't remember i didn't look into it too well yeah. um so 10 years after all of this happened so 68 1968 um townspeople were hearing how nice Gein was being treated at the state hospital and they were outraged they were yeah. so angry so they summoned him back to court for a second time um to which he basically denied everything um, that he did. Yeah. He he said that he um, killing the woman with the rifle was an accident. He didn't mean to shoot her. What? Um, oh, he said hanging her up and all he that. He said he didn't remember accident. hanging her up because the sight of blood makes him faint and black out. So he what a fucking joke. So he didn't remember doing any of that, um, and he had no memory of anything. Um, and since at the time of the murders, he was found insane. That was the ruling that they gave him again, was that he was criminally insane. So he was sent back to the hospital what? for a third time. Why are the why is the court taking him back, like, if they just know where they're going to send him? Well, it's not the court, it's the jury. Or, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I guess that's true. Um, so in 1978, he was moved to Mendota Mental Health Institute. I don't know where that's at. I didn't look. I don't care. Um, and on July 6th, 1984, at the age of, I have seven, but that's not right. <laughs> he didn't die at the age of seven. I think he died, um, that was a typo, mm -hmm. 78, you know, let's just look. 77. He was 77? Yeah. Oh. 1984. I just had to hit that two times. So he died there at the Mendota Mental Health Institute mm -hmm. at the age of 77. Um, I didn't say how he died. 
Just assuming old age. Something associated with old age. Uh, respiratory and heart failure. There you go. There you go. So basically, he had pneumonia. Oh yeah. So. Not really. That's nothing. That's like interesting though. Uh, yeah. Psycho didn't freak me out. I just thought it was weird. I just remember. I think that's the where they got the mother-son relationship thing. Yeah. And I remember that in the Vince Vaughn version, that movie, the Psycho with Vince Vaughn. I've never heard of that before. Really? Really, really. Oh, which one did you see? Yeah, you the just said Bates Motel, right? The Ridge. Oh, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfred right. Hitchcock. Yeah. No, there's uh, there's one with Vince Vaughn. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, 1998. Oh, yeah. young Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. What's the Vince Vaughn movie where he's like in prison and? Basically, like, they tell him, I don't know, something about his daughter, and he starts killing all these inmates to get to, like, solitary confinement to meet the guy who killed his daughter or something. Oh, n- I don't know, you know but that sounds about? actually pretty good. Yeah, it's, like, one of his more serious roles. Oh, was it was it early Vince Vaughn? I think so, yeah. Like, 90s Vince Vaughn. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I've never heard of that. It sounds good, though. Yeah. The Cell? Huh? Is it called The Cell? No. No, that's with Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. No, that I don't... Uh, that is about a serial killer, though. The Cell is? Yeah. Oh, huh, that I don't know. They, like, go into his brain. Hmm. Like, literally go into his brain. Yeah. It's really weird. All right, yeah. well, uh, uh, what do you want to do next week? Uh, I was looking up that movie, what it w- could have been, but let's see. We have... Uh, school shootings. Those are sad. <coughs> um, Did you hear that? Excuse you. Hometown Murders Part 2. Uh, let's hold off on that one. Okay. Mothers Who Kill. Uh, I already kind of did that. You did? Yeah, remember that woman who put her baby in the, uh, in the microwave? Oh, yeah. Children Who Kill. We already did that. Yeah, we already did bizarre murder weapons. Ooh, let's do um the one my coworker recommended families. Families who kill. Oh yeah, yeah families okay, who yeah. kill. Let's do families. 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 That murder together. Yeah. Bonding time. That's yeah, that's that's sick. You know, know, usually it's uh, dad teaching son how to play baseball in the backyard. Dad uh, hey, teaching uh, son how to kill a body. Yeah. And hide it. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, it is 11:55 tonight. Oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. So let's. Uh, okay. Bye. Let's call it an episode. Bye. All right. Bye. Nipple bye. belt. Nipple See belt. you next week. Nipple belt. Oh wait. Hey, if you want to call, if you want to reach out to us. No one cares. Okay. All right. Caitlin What's Pennington at Crime. What, what is it? Yeah, Kate Pennington at. Kate Pennington at CrimeCouple.com. Crime Be Wilkerson. At crimecouple.com. Yeah. Email us if you have anything. If you don't.